here's the learning piece of it. It takes 21 days to learn a new habit. It takes 21 days just to get, just to get introduced to it in your mind. Yep, that's a good thing to do, and then you start practicing it. During those 21 days, we laid food aside, and we all chose however we were going to do it. If you were early into what's called fasting, if you're early into it, then you said, hey, just skip one meal. Or for others, it was two meals a day. And then for others, it was three meals a day because you have been doing it for a while, and you're now trying to hear more and be more with the Father God, and sometimes... Our desires, our urges get in the way. And so we say, okay, let me, let me put something aside so I can cause my urges to be under control. To be under control. And sometimes we don't really want to talk about urges and things. You know, it has to do with the flesh. And, you know, whether we're talking about urges, physical, emotional, sexual, you know, we don't talk about these things. But we got to talk about it. Because that's the attack that the enemy is going to come with. Or those other urges, you know, as it relates to anger, those attitudes. When I ask God to fill me, I have learned over the years, fill me, Lord. And then he says, okay, I want you to change your perspective on asking me to fill you. I just don't want you to me to fill you with a feel good. A feel good. You know, there are certain, there are certain chords. There are certain chords. I don't know. He's probably in the back. You know, you, you saw... You saw uh, Nazir. Nazir was playing the, uh, the keyboard. Nazir also can play the organ. And there are certain chords that Nazir can play that stir up emotion. And you guys know how it is. You're, you're listening to the radio or you're listening to Pandora or you got, a, you, know, you got your playlist. And then your song comes on. Oh, this is my song. Yes, Jesus. And you hear songs that say, oh, feel me. Fill me, Lord. Fill me. You know, I've got artists that are like that, that as soon as I hear their voice, as soon as I hear the instruments behind it, I was like, oh, man, I feel so good. But God says, I want to fill more than just that part of you. He said, I want to fill every part of your heart, but in order to get to your heart or the center of you, I've got to go through all of the gates. You have to allow me to fill those gates. And so for those of you who, who, are, who are challenged, and we're going to talk a little bit about today how to be with God, how to be with the Holy God. I didn't get to finish everything last week, and so I've got, I've got a couple more points you know, as we wrap it up, and then we're going to unpack it. I mean, really, really unpack it this, um, this coming Wednesday. You'll hear a little bit from Pastor Pam as she talks about preparing for that. But man, when we're trying to be with God, we say, God, fill me. He's like, look, I need to fill your thoughts. So that you're not trying to be with me, but your thoughts are somewhere else. Or your thoughts and your mind is under what's termed a stronghold. See, strongholds um, exist in your mind. That's, that's where the enemy comes in. It's a, it's a hold that he can get on you. And for some, it's a little small, and so it's a, it's, it's, imagine somebody trying to get into the door, and you're on the other side of the door trying to keep them out. They're on that side trying to get in, but you're trying to keep them out. And sometimes, and you know, I've been through this, look, I've been through this even with, with Pastor Pam, sometimes she chases me through the house. Yes, she chases me through the house. 
And I close the door. And before I can lock it, she gets her toe in there. And I'm trying to hold it back, man. She's like, ah. <laughs> and if I'm not, you know, catching it at the right time, she'll go from that toehold to now a foothold. She'll get her whole foot in there. Now it's more difficult. <laughs> She's over here saying, I'm not the enemy. <laughs> but now her foot's all in it, so it's really more difficult now to keep her out. But then she like wiggles in and wiggles in and wiggles in. And so now she's got half of her body in. And so it's now a stronghold. That's how it is when the enemy tries to get into us. And we allow little things to start. First a toehold, then a foothold, and then a stronghold. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? That means when I'm saying, God, I want to be with you or God, fill me, I also need you to fill my mind because there are some ideas that I have justified why it's okay to be this way. That ends up being a stronghold. You know, it, 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 we'll go into a little bit more of that later. But back to the point of filling, you want God to fill your mind. But you also want him to fill your emotions. If you have the wrong kind of emotions and you get around God, you say, God, fill me. Let him fill your emotions. If you've got the wrong kinds of urges or the wrong kinds of attitudes or the wrong kinds of moods. How many of you have ever been in a bad mood? There you go. Some of y'all shot your hand up. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Sometimes I'm in a bad mood and I've got to say, God, I want to be with you. Fill me up. You know, sometimes Naomi sings that song. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, God. Fill me up. Fill me up. It's a little high for me. Till I overflow. That's what we want. But don't just let them say, feel my emotions. Or, oh, God, I just want to feel you. I want to feel you. And then as soon as you say amen, and if your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife or a friend, and they do something that bothers you, what's wrong with you? Let's go back. <laughs> fill me up. <laughs> so fill my attitude. Try that real quick. Put your hand on your chest. And I only say chest because it's just like the center of you. And those of you that have been born again, this newborn spirit. Spirit is the one that gets changed. So uh, we want him to fill that. Say, say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me so I have the mood of Christ in Jesus' name. So we say, yeah, I want to have the mind of Christ. But do you have the mood of Christ? You can walk into a house and find out, who <laughs> sums up. We're invited to this wonderful couple's home on, um, on the Friday, and soon, as soon as we walked in, in fact, as soon as we got on the property, we just felt the presence of God. We walked in the house, and it was just the peace of God. And you could tell, you could tell, what does it say, that the... Um, 
the religious, uh, the, the religious rulers um, in the book of Romans, remember, after Jesus had ascended and the Spirit of God came and filled them, and they went about, they went about, they went about, and they were termed Christians. And it says, at one point it says, they took note. The people who weren't following Jesus took note that this other group had been with God. Took note. Took note. Can people, can people tell that you have been with Jesus? That's why the, the pause was to learn how to be with him. How to be with him. And it's not always the, you know, just, you know, the, the overt sins, you know, lying and stealing and cheating and, you know, lust and pride and anger and jealousy, you know, the bad moods, the, uh, even it also goes to the other side of fear and, and anxiety and depression. No, when you learn how to be with God, he deals with that part too. He says... I, I, I got a hold of this passage of scripture. It was in West Philadelphia over on the street, an avenue called Baltimore Avenue. I remember almost like it was yesterday. And in that moment, I was going through some things, and I had sat down. I sat down. I went inside this, 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 uh, this, uh, this church, and I was in there sitting down at the piano. And I, you know, I think it was like 20, 20, 21, 22. And I'm sitting down at this piano, and, and I'm looking. I'm meditating on this one scripture. And that one scripture represented God's opinion for me because I was going through some things. You know what that scripture said? It said, and I had to make it, I had to, I had to read it like God was talking to me. Not like here is this pastor or teacher or person leading a, a Bible study or somebody at a conference, you know, reading the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord says, fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Yea, I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I wasn't reading it like that. I was reading it like my loving father was talking to his loving son, Terry. And Terry isn't loving because Terry is a special guy. Terry was loving because he was born of a loving father. And so I would hear him that moment, say, Terry, fear not. Starve the fear. I'm with you. Don't be confused. Don't be, don't be uh, wrought up. Don't be anxious. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I'll hold you up with the right hand of my righteousness. Well, so I walked out of that time of hearing and listening to him, and now the feelings of uh, uh, anxiety and, and, you know, early stage depression, they, they, they're abated. They're moving away because I allowed my conversation with him to change me. That's how you know, that's how you know that the kingdom of God has come to somebody. That's how you know, and not just generally the world. I'm talking about you individually. That's how you know that heaven has shown up because there is a shift, a shift. I was talking with this young, wonderful young man on, uh, what day was that, Thursday? I think it was Thursday I was talking to him. might have been early Friday. Man, 
I'm telling you so many people. And um, I had some things going on in his mind, things going on in his heart. I said, hey, how you doing? He said, oh, I'm having a bad day. And he just listed the things. And so I spent some time talking to him, not about me. I started talking to him about what God was saying. And this is just a symbol. Sometimes, you know, let me just do this so you have a little bit of a greater picture because I love the pages. I'm talking to, God, talking to him about this, God's opinion, his opinion. And the way you know that God showed up was because he said, I'm feeling better. See, when you're with him, when you're with the Father, it ought to change. That's the indicator that change has taken place. And not just change has taken place because God was there, but you received him. So don't be a son or daughter, you know, young or old. And I say young or old because during the, um, we make some, some changes, you know, the first and the, the first and the third Sundays, we want to have all of the population in. So that means even the, you know, the children and, and the youth, the teenagers, we have everybody in here. But I say that to say, whether young or old, whether young or old, you can receive him. You can make a decision that I want the Father's opinion to come in my life, and he will show up. He will show up. And change, change will take place. So for this past, first, the first 21 days from the 8th to the 28th, we had this practice of learning how to quiet ourselves down, invite the presence of the Holy Spirit in. We work on our breathing where we, you know, and this is not a doctrine or anything like that, but just as a habit, you know, just say, okay, Holy Spirit, if you're in me, I just want to, if, if you want to get in me, I just want to breathe out any of the stuff that, that I have allowed to get into me, my mind, into my thoughts, any strongholds, any agreements. Have you agreed with anything that goes against God? And whether it's full on or whether it's just that what you may see as a passive agreement, it's, ah, it's not that bad deal, you know. So I had an attitude, you know. So I took that second look, you know. When I saw a guy, you know, if I'm a girl and I saw a guy walking down the street, ah, hmm. You know, if a girl and I saw a guy, either way, guy, girl. And it's like, oh, that, let's, but it's okay. It's nothing wrong to look. I'm just beholding God's handiwork. So allowing all of those small agreements or big agreements, I don't want to agree with anything that the enemy whispers to me. Even if I was born that way. Even if generationally we just tell people how we feel. That's just how we are. If I need to tell somebody off, look, that's me. You know, look, you ought to see my mom. My mom really knows how to tell. And my grandma, oh, please, you can't even handle it. That's just our family. Don't agree with that if you've been born again. Because now you are a son or a daughter born of a loving father. That's the picture. And so don't agree. Don't agree. And break the agreements. Don't just say, oh, Father, I love you. Please forgive me. No. If an agreement came in, break the agreement. If you have a problem with those words, break the agreement. Problem with those attitudes, break the agreement. Problems with lust, break the agreement. 
problems with bad moods, break the agreement and say it out loud. I break the agreement and I renounce any connection with spirits that don't line up with God. I don't agree with it. I've got a new agreement. And that agreement says, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. So now I agree with love. I agree with grace. I agree with his holy, with his holy nature. And that's really what we're talking about in the second 21 days. Because the first 21 days, you're just hearing. You're just starting. You're getting introduced to a habit. But the second 21 days, now I'm getting comfortable because as Pastor Pam said last week and the week before, we want this to be, God wants this to be a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. So when, when Naomi and Chayden, Nazir and CJ and, and, and the worship team, you know, we're all singing, you know, Denise and and Amy and, and, and Dino was on the bongo. And they're playing these songs. They're stirring you up. You know, Javier was up in the, up in the, uh, the sound booth. And, and, uh, and, and Alfreda were putting the words up. And it was an environment of saying, look at the words, listen to the instrument, hear the sound, and watch God move on us. Let's honor him and love him. And everybody was engaged. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. We're singing songs. Songs about freedom. Songs about Holy Spirit. But then, what happens when the song stops? Like uh, one guy, I don't know who wrote it. Uh, the beginning of the song says, um, When the music fades and all is stripped away. That's all I remember. <laughs> and I simply come... <laughs> Y'all got to help me. Longing just to be, bring something that's of worth, that will bless your heart. <laughs> and it says, I'll give you more than a song. Wow. You see? And so what does the course say? I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Whew. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm when it's all about you. It's all about. Sing that chorus one more time. I'm coming back to the heart of where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. Where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Wow, 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 wow. So how do you do that? How do you be with him? And all those urges and attitudes and moods or all of the fears and the anxieties and the depressions or all of the confusion and the questions, the need for wisdom and direction. How do you be with the Holy God in a pause that happens all throughout the day? All throughout the day. 
how do I be with him so that my worship before him isn't just songs. It isn't just platitudes. It's not just systems. I just walk in and I go through these motions because that's what it's supposed to be. It's Sunday morning. It's supposed to come to church. I sit here. I sit here all the time. And they sing songs. I lift my hands. After that, I sit and I listen to somebody teach. First, we hear the announcements and, you know, find out what's going on. Then I listen to somebody teach. And then afterwards, you give an offering and then we leave. And I feel better about myself because I checked the box. It's more than that. And that's why when he wrote that song, I love, see, that's, that's coming not as something that I want to give at first to the body of Christ. That's coming from someone who first was sitting there and listening to the word of God. The word, instead of reading the word of God, the word of God was reading him. And then those words come out. And that's what we do. We get alone with God and say, God, read me, not to... Wave an accusing finger. But just to give life. And this is for young or old. Young or old. And may we catch it and catch it, catch it right. I want to, if you put those points up, if you put those points up that we had last week. It was five points. We put them up on the screen. There are five points. And, and this is how you be. This is how to be with God. The five points, and I'll, you know, while they're preparing them for you, I'll just read them out. If you didn't take notes, take some notes. It'll help you as you go along. These are the five points. And the, the reason we, we're doing this is because, remember, that next phase of the 21 days. So now, so now, starting last week and going all the way up until the 18th of February, we got another 21 days. And this is for now lifestyle, learning how to get comfortable, comfortable, and that's with all of it, learning how to get comfortable laying food aside, laying, laying food aside. I don't have to have it, and so I, if I've got a thirst, I don't want to feel like I have to obey it just because I'm getting the urge, but I got to learn how to do that. And we're going to help you with these 21 days. You know, I'm going to be teaching. We're going to unpack it a little bit on, on Wednesday. You know, Dino's going to help me. And we're going to unpack this stuff and get you to a place where it's very comfortable being with God as my lifestyle. I know what he feels like, and I know what he doesn't feel like. I know what he sounds like, and I know what he doesn't sound like. And in the process, I'm learning to adapt to him. For almost 10 months, I would quote passages over and over. And one of those passages here at High Street for about 10 months, I quoted Jesus saying, I only want to say what I hear the Father say. And I only want to do what I can see spiritually him doing. And so when we come here, we don't learn, we don't learn uh, like our culture learns, where everything is education. Everything is the way we process it to think and grab it. No, when we 
begin to grow as Christians, we get educated, and you can write this term down if you like. Some of you have heard it in the past. I get educated in the school of the Holy Spirit. That's my education now. I still use my mind. I don't check my brain at the door. But instead of it just being one plus one is two, and that makes sense, I need to know what makes Bible sense. What makes Bible sense? Here's a nice picture. If somebody does something, and Jesus tried to tell people the math when he came preaching the kingdom. He said, if somebody does something to you, you got a right to do it right back to them. That's what the law says. You are within your rights. But he said, I want to teach you a different way. Bless those that curse you. What? Pastor, you know what he said to me? You know what she said to me? You know what they did to me? See, it's not just our culture and our society. He says, no, I'm coming to you with a kingdom way so that you can say what the Father says and you can do what you see him do. Can you see the miraculous power of God working when you are blessing someone instead of revenge? Love instead of bitterness. Peace instead of anxiety. And he says, I'm going to give you that, but we have to learn how to do it. We got to learn You have to learn how to do it, which is why that 21-day fast wasn't just ritual. It wasn't, oh, we're going to do a 21-day fast at our church. That's cool. But what did you get out of it? Like Pastor Pam said, what's what's the goal? What's the end game? Well, there are two. The first part of it is that you learn how to be with him. The second part of it has to do with others. As Abraham said, we are blessed. Anybody know the rest of that? To be a blessing. And this is our lifestyle all the time. Learning, learning, learning. And so Holy Spirit, may the Holy Spirit fill you to learn how God operates, how God thinks. Now we're going to talk about some real sin stuff for for a minute. I'll, I'll go back to the previous points. The first point was God is holy. You want to be with him? He's a holy God. The second point is you must choose to be with a holy God. God's not going to force you to be with him, but he longs to be with you. He longs to be with you. There's a wonderful artist in in Philadelphia, and he wrote a song. He says, "How, how I long for you, oh God. You are the breath of life. When you speak to me, I feel revived. How I long for you. How I long for you. That's what he wants. He wants that closeness in relationship. But you have to choose. In the book of Revelation, it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm knocking at the door. And whoever opens the door, I'll come in and we'll spend time together. We'll spend time together. And that's what God, God wants. He wants to spend time with you. So, one, God is holy. Two, you must choose to be with the holy God. And then we started talking about conviction versus condemnation. Conviction, that is when God gives you his word, when the Holy Spirit comes and he alerts you to something. You get a a check. You get one of those, ah, don't do that. Or, ah. And he says, you know, we read scripture out of 2 Kings. He says, it's not going to be in the earthquake. 
It's not going to be in the whirlwind. When he checks you, it's going to be that still, small voice. So when you accept Jesus and you become a Christian, now you've got a good conscience. It makes you wonder if uh, Jiminy Cricket is a guy from Disney. Little, what was he? A cricket. He was a cricket. He was a cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, yeah. And he'd say the, this thing to kids because it was a cartoons, but adults can learn from it. I tell you, I get a lot of my sermon notes from, from uh, Disney and from Hanna-Barbera. Uh, but he says, let your conscience be your guide. In the book of Hebrews, chapters 9 and 10, and, you know, when I spout these things out, it'd be good just to say, oh, Hebrews 9 and 10, make sure I check that. He says that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because the children of Israel, every year they had to repent for the same things over and over and over and over, every year. And it was exhausting. It says, but because of the blood of Christ, Jesus now, and when they repent, they took a, 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 a ram, a, 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 a goat, a lamb, and they had to be spotless and they would present it. And that blood would be for sin. But it says Jesus, they were doing it one after, year after year after year. It says Jesus came once and with his own blood, spotless blood, because he lived a holy life. He went into the holy of holies, the very presence of God, and presented his blood. That's what the cross was all about. And now it says in Hebrews 9 and 10, it says this. He says, let now the blood of the anointed one Purge your conscience. Wash your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That's why, that's why we repent. And when we repent, man, we can stand in the presence of God as though we never sinned. Because of us? No. Because of the blood of Jesus. I said on Wednesday night, I said on Wednesday night, treat repentance like your car payment. You don't want to get behind on it. You see that? Don't let stuff just stir up and stir up, and I'll apologize later. I'll apologize. No, 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 no. Be quick to repent. Quick to forgive somebody else. And quick to love. Say that with me. First one, quick to repent. Let's say it again. Quick to repent. Second one is quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. Say it again. Quick to forgive. Third one, quick to love. Quick to love. What's the definition for love? The God-given ability to view another as valuable and precious. I want to be quick, quick, quick. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait to say, Father, wash me for that thing I said. No, quick. And for a husband and wife or parent, child or brother, sister or friendships, don't you be mad at the beginning of the day and now the sun has gone down and you're still mad. He said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Be quick, quick. Like your, like your car payment. You don't want to get behind on your car payment. Pay it quick. Don't get 30 days and then 60 days and then 90 days. 90 days, they're about to come and get that thing. Let me hear all three of them as it relates to that. Be what? One more time. 
when I walked into that couple's house the other day, I could tell that they were quick on that. Because you can tell the atmosphere. We walked in, Pam and I walked in, it's like, wow, wow. And if it wasn't, it's okay because we're bringing the life of God in. That's, listen, it's always about you and then others. So if you get in environments, don't think, oh, I got to get out of here. I don't want that thing to jump on me. No, the spirit of God is strong in me. The spirit of love is strong in me. The spirit of grace strong in me. I'm not going nowhere. We're going to bring the very life and love of God. That's why we collect people. Because the father collected us and he's still doing it. But that's what nobody, nobody, you're not going to be able to get, have me chase you away. There's nothing you can do. And it's only, that mindset is only as I stay filled with him. Do you pray I stay filled with him? Because I can have a bad day, right? Come on, we're all one decision away, one bad decision away. And we pray, Father, fill me, fill me that I can stay like that. So, conviction versus condemnation. Conviction. Conviction. He's convincing you that that thing is off. And he's doing it in grace. He's convincing you. He's not coming and saying, look at you. You're such a horrible Christian. You're never going to be good with God. Man, never. Nothing good is coming your way. You watch. You're going to be totally destroyed. Oh, no, 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 no. God's not coming like that. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. And there are consequences for off and wrong. But it's just because of the course of it. My desire, my desire is that you be delivered, that you be free. That's my desire. That's what the Father says. That's his heart. And we're the ones that say, I want to choose to be with a holy God. I choose to be. In fact, let's try that. Hand on the chest. Hand on the chest to center. Say these words. Say, I choose to be with a holy God. Now, all of this wasn't your idea, so we don't go so far as to say, yeah, I made a decision, you know, to go after it. No, 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 no. He says, with love and kindness, I drew you in. That's why we bless people all the time. Because we're trying to bring love and kindness so that they'll be open when we say God loves you. That's why Jesus fed them before he asked for a higher level of commitment. He said at one point in, in St. John chapter 6, you've just been following me for the food. But those were his disciples. He had about 500 disciples. And he says, you've been following me for the food, but I'm about to ask you to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, what? Oh, no, we don't understand that. What kind of stuff are you talking about? And the Bible said at that point, that 500-member congregation dwindled down to 12. 488 left. And he turns to the 12 and he says, are you going to leave too? You, are you out? Because I'm not just doing the good things? But that's the mature ones. And for some of us, God has been doing amazing things in our lives for years. But the time is coming and now is where he is asking for a higher level of commitment. And so when you take communion, you're taking it saying, I want to be with you. I'm ready to sacrifice for you. But for those that don't know God and those that are early on, he does all these good things. It's like when somebody, somebody told me, 
He said, when you, when you have the altar call in the very beginning and people first give their lives to Jesus, they got the new believer hookup. You know what the new believer hookup is? Man, you pray and you get it. You ask for it and boom, it's, it's, the, new, it's the new believer hookup. But there comes a time where God begins to say, okay, you're not going to get it as quick because I want to develop you and I want to develop the long-suffering. I want to develop the perseverance. The trying of your faith produces patience. So, yeah, I want to I see. And that's where, for us, we say, God, I choose to be with you. Even if this, thing's, this thing delays, even if it doesn't happen as soon as, as soon as, as soon as. I told you, Pam and I went through this thing back in October 30th when that surgery went longer than we would have thought. But what do you do after that? Do you do, do like Job's wife said? You need to curse God. No. Because I know my Redeemer lives, and I know he is good. But for those that are early stage, you bless, you bless, you bless, you bless. Don't let people run away from you. You chase them down. You chase them down with love, and you chase them down with kindness. But you got to choose to be with God. So he comes with convincing, not condemnation. Everybody say that. Convic conviction, not condemnation. What's the, what is conviction equal? Conviction equals convincing with hope. And a definition of hope. I remember Karen said something one, one day back in, back in 2023, early in 2023. I was doing, I was doing an unpack the point, and we're in the lower level. She said, what's hope? And Karen said, hey, it's that expectation of good coming. That's it. So when God says that thing you did was often wrong, he says it, keep hope there, because we can redeem it. We can fix it. We can fix it. Whenever people come to me and they say, Pastor, I did this crazy thing wrong. It was the most horrible. I say, hey, hey, hey. in God, there are only solutions. Only solutions. Did you repent yet? Well, no. Okay, so let's now, right now, let's turn to him. Let's turn to him. Not with fear that he's going to make you lose your job or fear, that he's going to put some sickness on you or fear, he's going to burn your house down. That's not God. He says, with love and kindness, I drew you even if you missed it. This is how to be with a holy God. So it is conviction or convincing. And I shared last week, uh, St. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, from the Amplified Classic. It would be really good to get that, soak on that, so that as you're with God throughout the day, and the enemy comes and said, that thing's not going to work out. God's not going to answer your prayer. God's mad at you. Oh, you're going to have to pay for what you did. Oh, this is the worst thing ever. You're able to say, no, God didn't send Jesus just to paint, uh, point an accusing finger at me. He loves me with the everlasting love. See, that's how you fill your heart and all the gates of your heart with the heart of the Father. That's how you do it. So that when the enemy comes with this other stuff, you're able to fight him off. That's why it says the shield of faith. The shield, it's a shield. It thwarts all the fiery darts of the enemy. He comes to put stuff in your head. And so that's conviction over condemnation. What is condemnation? Condemnation has got no hope. Make sure that when you're with people, you don't condemn them. You know, lock them away without, without hope. Oh, there's no way for you to get out of this. How you know this? Oh, listen, it's over. 
like a prisoner. That's where condemnation really comes. That prisoner is condemned to die. I was watching something. Somebody sent me a little, a little clip, and this judge was sentencing this young guy. And he was sentencing, and when she got to the place where she said, look, I don't know how many years, but let's say 30. You know, you're going to spend 30 years. And all of a sudden, hopeless, hopelessness showed up. And people respond different ways when hopelessness shows up. 30 years, and all of a sudden, he lunged himself onto the bench where the judge was sitting. The response of hopelessness, the response of condemnation, you are condemned. You will be locked away. God says, and I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you in a little bit. It says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation, nothing to lock you away from the grace and the favor, the mercy, the forgiveness, the hope of God coming and turning it around. There's nothing to lock you away. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You get that in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 7 and Romans chapter 8. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. All right, we have a few more minutes. And... Number four, number four, number four, number four. How do you be with a holy God? How do you be? How do you be? How do you be? How do you pause and get comfortable being with him when he's holy and you've had aspects of unholiness? Remember, be quick to repent, quick to forgive, quick to love. That's all, it's all got to be woven in there. Don't forget who you are. That's what, um, that's what that, uh, that, uh, that prophet Mufasa said. He said it to Simba when Simba forgot his identity. And he says, remember who you are. Did I sound like Mufasa? Any of y'all ever see the like it? Remember who you are. Thank you, Javier. That's good. That's, that's good. <laughs> remember who you are. Because he got off track. And Scar, who looks like the devil, was making him feel condemned, accusing him. And the little kid ran off. And it changed the course of the season of his life. Until somebody pulled him aside and said, remember who you are. That's what the father says. Remember, remember, remember. He got that to me. He got that in me all throughout my 20s. You are a love son. You're not this bad guy. You know, I'm not just trying to hold this thing over your head. He said, I love you. And it helped me with my holiness. <laughs> I, <laughs> I used to write tons of songs, tons of songs. You know, the, the congregation just sang so many songs that the Lord would give me just in my quiet time, give them to the congregation. You know, even before I became the pastor, I was just a worship leader, all that just gave. And one of the songs came out of me working on that, studying that. a song called I'm Holy. Man. I grew up in an environment where they said, oh, you're always just going to be, you're always going to be a sinner. Just, you're just a sinner saved by grace. And God changed my, changed my thought process. I stopped calling myself a sinner. Not that I never blew it and not that God's grace was never available and he wasn't the one who initiated it. 
But I had to change my identity for how the Father saw me. Paul, when he was writing to the church, he says, to the saints, the called out ones. Jesus said, I'm the light, but I'm about to leave, and now you are the light of the world. A city that's been set on a hill. So here I am. Here I am, 22 years old. With all those thoughts that, Terry, you're unworthy. You know, God's not going to bless you like he blessed that other person. That other person is so much more spiritual. They're going to get God's blessings, but not you. And I remember writing in my apartment those words. And Satan comes to try and block your way. It tries to tell you you're not born again. You're just a sinner saved by grace. You're not free from sin. But I turn and I look into his eyes and I cry out from within, I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm born again. I am a new creation. I'm sanctified and I'm justified and the blood of Jesus has changed my life. And I'm being renewed in the spirit of my mind. I'm holy for I'm born of God. That thing changed me, changed me, changed me. It changed my mindset. It changed my heart. It got me back to my identity and understanding my identity. Not that I'm better than anybody else. Because my holy God, my Father says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But he also says you're a son. And so live in the identity that I've called you to live in. Put your hand on your chest and say, I'm holy. <laughs> I'm holy. The enemy would try to tell you, oh, no, no, you're never going to. No, I am holy. I am a holy child, a holy son, born of a holy God, and I'm learning how to become more holy, more separated. That's why I'm being renewed in the spirit of my mind. I'm being my mind renewed. Because when I get into culture, or if the enemy tries to attack me, that dust, if I'm not careful, it'll get that sprinkled condemnation, fear, anxiety, lust, guilt, greed, pride, anger, jealousy, all of that malice, gossip, sland, all of that stuff. Will get, and that's why I got to dust. I got to renew my mind all the time. Whew. I get in a mirror and remind myself. What's the mirror? This is the mirror. And you notice it says, holy Bible. And I get in the mirror and I'm transformed because I become, that's point number four, I become what I behold. I become what I behold. What I'm looking at, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we are changed from one stage of glory to another because I keep looking. I keep looking. I keep looking. Even if you made a mistake, keep looking. Keep looking. Last thing I'll share with you is in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. I want to read it all the way through. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. I'm going to start at verse uh, 14. There you go. <laughs> this is Paul talking about him understand, starting to understand the difference between uh, uh, God's law and how to live it out but yet being carnal or fleshy 
and not living it out. Okay, look what he says. He says, for we know the law is spiritual. In other words, God's way of doing things, God's commands, it's spiritual. He says, we know the law is spiritual, but I am carnal or natural or human, sold under sin because of what Adam did. Adam blew it, and so now everyone born is born under that, born in a state of separation from God because Adam sinned. That's why you could not do anything wrong and still your nature is off. Your spirit, you've been born the wrong way. And God says, I want you to be born again. I'm not going to leave you in that state. He ran after us. He ran after us with Jesus. He says, for what I am doing, listen to this, this is his daily habits. For what I am doing, I don't understand. For what I will to do, the thing I want to do, I do not practice. But what I hate, that's the thing that I'm doing. Look at verse 16. If then I do what I will not to do. In other words, the thing that I don't want to do, I'm doing, if I, I realize if I'm doing that, I don't want to do it, but I'm doing it. Now, I don't know how many of you have been there, but I've been there. God, why did I do that? Oh, man, Lord, here he is. Here you are. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree, that the, I agree with the law that it is good. In other words, I want to do what's right. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Look what he says. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So you got a couple eyes here. You got an eye and a me. What's the I? The I is the real me. It's the center of me, my spirit, the part that's born again, the part that loves God. It's a good part of me. Yet, he's saying, I'm doing things that I really don't want to do. He says, for I know that in me, that is, in my flesh. So you got the I, my spirit, and then you got the I, my flesh. He says, I know that in me, my spirit, I know that in me, that is my spirit, that is in my flesh. I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. So, um, look at your hand and rub your eyebrows. You know, fix your hair a little bit. You see, that's your flesh. And there is absolutely nothing good in your flesh. As fine as you are, okay? Don't you tell me, because I know I look good. Okay. Try making a decision to live for God. See how good your flesh is. He says, I know that in me, that is in my flesh. My flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. Now he's talking about your spirit. That's present with me. I love God. Hands raised, singing songs, even reading scripture in this environment. Presence of God here. Oh, I feel so good about God. Yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. Until you are tempted and drawn away, flesh shows up. I'll read all of 18. It says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, 
I do not find. Look at verse 19. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. He's going over it again. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. I'm practicing the wrong, even though I want to do the right. Look at verse 20. Now, if I do what I will not to do, if I'm doing the wrong thing, it is no longer I who is doing it, but sin that dwells in me. In other words, every time, if I'm ending up doing the wrong thing, you're in relationship, husband, wife, parent, child, co-worker, whoever, even when you're driving, you, by the time you leave the office to the time you get home, you've cursed out five people. And then you get home, you're like, oh, I didn't want to do that. But that's you and your spirit. But you and your flesh, man, how often do we go through that same cycle over and over to the degree where toehold, foothold, stronghold, and that all of a sudden just becomes your lifestyle. And then you make excuses for doing it. That's a stronghold. And none of this is to bring condemnation saying that, oh, you're a horrible person. It's just that you gotta, you gotta understand the concept. You gotta understand how this thing works in the spirit. In your heart, man, you love God, you love God, but you're doing these crazy things in your flesh. And remember the overarching topic here is how to be with God. How to be with a holy Look what he says. He says, if that's the case, that whenever I want to do the right thing, I'm doing the wrong thing, or evil is present, look what he says. I find then a law. A law is an established principle. So here is a principle. I find then a law or a principle that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good, it's me. For look, I delight in the law of God based on my inward man. But I see another law in my members fighting and warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin that is in my members. And remember, it doesn't matter what. It could be pride, anger, jealousy. It could be, you know, profanity. It could be pornography. It could be gossip and slander, all of it, because it's all sin. And it all comes from the enemy. But yet you said yes to Jesus. So your spirit looks like God, but yet you find yourself, God, I want to be with you. And that's really the struggle when we go through a 21-day fast. And we come out of it and say, whew. But then in the mind, it's like, oh, God. That thing is still there. That attitude is still there. The urge is still there. I love you. I really do love you. Look what he says. After that whole process, whenever I want to do the wrong, the right thing, the wrong thing is always there and coming out. You know what he screams out? He doesn't just say wretched man. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. One translation says, I'm so miserable. Because I want to live for God. I want to be with the holy God. But I keep finding myself in these places. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? He says, here's a revelation. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And here's, now he's starting to get to the remedy. So then, okay, with the mind, I want to serve the law of God. But with my flesh, it's always going to want to do the wrong thing. Now, this chapter breaks and it goes into another chapter. So I want to be able to read it. I don't know if you guys can put it up that way. I want to go right into 8.1. I'm going to read this, and then I'll go right into 8.1. Go back, go back for a minute. 
Go back to 25 again of, verse, of, of chapter 7. Yep, there you go. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the law of God. But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Now go to 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now look at number two, verse two. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Please sit on that. Go back to that just for a moment. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, St. John chapter six and verse uh, uh, six and 63. He says, he says, my words are spirit and they are life. There's no way you're going to be able to get victory over your flesh unless you are bringing in the reality of the law of the word, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. My words are spirit and life is what Jesus said. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has made me free from that other law that says I got to do this. I just got to say it. I'm always going to be bound up with it, even though it makes me miserable, even though after I do it, I go before God and it's just tears. God, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry. And you're, you're sincere. You're sincere in your heart. I'm talking about people who want to be with God, yet this flesh thing keeps showing up. That's why the, the girl with the alabaster box, C.C. Winans, wrote that song. He says, listen, don't you dare judge my heart because of, I, of what I found out about God. That's why I'm so grateful. What am I grateful for? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. It's the law of the word. Now, I'm not going to read all the rest of Romans. We'll unpack it, get a chance to read Romans chapter 6 and 7. But the practical application is... He says, for those who are going to be free to be with the Holy God, I'm not talking about condemnation, if you've messed up and you missed it, but I'm talking about really just wanting to sit and be with him, but that flesh thing keeps getting in the way. Husbands, the way you respond to your wives, wives, the way you respond to your husbands, Parents, the way you respond to your children, sometimes we're so hard on our children. Sometimes we, 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 we you know, sometimes, you know, it's like, man, do you know what you're doing to these children when you're taking life away from them like that? He says, don't be so hard on your children. And children, honor your mother and father. But when you get to that place where it's not there, realize, okay, I've been trying to live holy with my parents, trying to live holy with my children, trying to live holy with my spouse, trying to live holy with my coworkers, my neighbors. He says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What does that mean? We spend our time allowing the spirit of God to renew our mind. He says, my words are spirit and they are life. I want my mind, I want my mind conditioned. I want to receive when I'm in the presence of God the attitudes and the opinions, the perspectives that go with God. That's spiritual. 
I say this all the time. This is the difference between spiritual and carnal. Carnal, fleshy, there are attitudes. Everybody say attitudes. Opinions, thoughts, imaginations, perspectives that go against God. That's carnal. What's spiritual? Here's spiritual. Attitudes. Say it with me. Attitudes. Opinions. Perspectives. Ideas. Feelings. Moods. That line up with God. And if you're going to be with God during these next 21 days, you're just getting comfortable. Make sure you're allowing him to purge your conscience from dead works, but for you also to receive what the Father is saying. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about strongholds. We're going to talk about strongholds because for some of you who have strongholds going on in, in your life, in your mind, in your perspectives and all that, and they need, to be, they need to be broken. They need to be broken. And so we're going to talk about those things next week. Bow your heads where you are. Father, we want your perspective. We want your thoughts. We want your opinions. We thank you that nothing shall separate us from your love. But we also want to be honoring and loving in response to your love. Nothing shall separate us from your love, Father. Nothing. Nothing shall separate us from your love. But Father, we don't want to walk and live miserable because we know we've been changed by you, touched by you. So show us how to guard our hearts by guarding our thoughts. Show us how to receive that we're holy and righteous, separated Show us how to bring your perspective and your opinion into the situation. Show us. Show us, Lord. Show us. Show us. Mm. So, if there's anybody that came in, still with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just think about this and think about this even for others in your family, in your life. If there's anybody that came in that doesn't know Jesus, anybody who's watching online that doesn't know Jesus, I just want to invite you to be with a loving, holy God who cares so much about you. He absolutely cares about you. Your response to his love says, Jesus, I believe you died for me. Jesus, I believe you were buried for me. Jesus, I believe you were raised up from the dead for me. And right now, I give my life to you. I want to be born again. A love child born of a loving father. So I declare Jesus to be my Lord 
be my Savior. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. If you did that for the first time, I just want you to know you are Jesus material through and through. God's DNA is now in you. All of who you are looks like the Father. And as a new child of God, it's now time to grow in your new life. We pray that over you. Let us know if you did that. Let somebody know that you did it. We're here to help and support you growing in your new life. But start off with your words saying, I am born again. In fact, everyone in the audience say those words. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I'm born again. I'm sanctified. I'm justified. And the blood of Jesus has changed my life. I'm holy. I'm being renewed in the spirit of my mind. I'm holy, for I am born of God. I'm born of God. Look at somebody, look at somebody and tell them, say, I'm holy. I'm holy. I'm holy. I'm holy. I'm holy. I'm holy. Will you stand to your feet? Pastor Pam, why don't you come? Will you stand to your feet? Pastor Pam's going to lead you to a time of, of giving. But before she does, she's going to talk to you about how to, how to prepare for Wednesday night teaching for a Wednesday night unpacking and not just that but just throughout the week how to bring the word